Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, Breathe In, Write Out, a podcast for high school, college, and university students about making the most out of academic life. We touch on study skills, student life, career transition, overall well-being, personal development, and other topics that impact young adults. At the end of each podcast, we send our listeners off with a short guided meditation and writing prompt. We hope that through these discussions, meditations, and writing exercises, we can build an open, caring, compassionate community that supports personal growth. I'm Lisa Fow, the founder and CEO of Fow Academic Writing, where we focus on teaching young adults the communication skills necessary to reach their full potential on the page and in life. Get into a cozy spot, grab your pen and notebooks, and let's meet our first guest. This week's episode is about the connection between mental health and creativity. Oftentimes, students are so caught up with getting good grades or or a prestigious job that they forget to have fun. They forget that learning is supposed to bring joy. They don't realize that writing a research paper is actually a creative process, and it is possible to inject their own personality into that process. Most of all, They can easily buy into the idea that being successful means suppressing one's emotions, but feelings are not our enemy, they're our friend. This week's guest is Phoebe Taylor, artist, mindful mover, community maker, and creative director of OK Shoe. Her work explores the intersection of art, mindfulness, intuition, and movement. OK Shoe works collaboratively with artists to create stuff and space for feeling okay. Her work as a visual artist utilizes scenes and other modes of public art and installations. She believes one good rock show can change the world. Art is for everyone to make and enjoy, and everyone deserves to feel good in their body, even you. Welcome to our podcast, Breathe In, Write Out, Phoebe. Thanks so much for that sweet intro, Lisa. You're welcome. I've been following you for a while on social media. We have a, a mutual contact, and I'm... I was saying before this, before we started recording, how impressed I am with how you, like, you do so many different things, but there's a clear intention or a clear, people, I think a clear sense of who you are. And I think that takes time to develop. So, especially as a creative person, because I still think it's hard to be creative in the world we live in. It's not really a place that encourages that still. It's getting better. But could you tell us a little bit about your journey? How, how did you get to where you are today? And in what way did, does education play a role in that? Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, I, I so agree. I don't really feel like we live in a world that... Um, really allows any space for creativity. And when it does, it's like, it looks a very specific way, you know, like art goes in a gallery and, you know, who's creating that art and who's, who's in control of those things. Um, I think we have a very narrow idea of, and I, like you had read in our, in my intro, um, I really do believe like all humans are creative beings and there's just every, everything in the whole world that tells us not to be creative. Um, Mm -hmm. and I ask a lot of people 
um, kind of like, you know, talking about how, how I work as an artist and when I'm working with individuals as well, I ask people, it's like, who told you that you can't be creative? Cause I think right. that's like, when we talk, when we talk a lot about, you know, like kind of core beliefs and, and how those things it's like, Oh, wait a second. Like who put this here? Who put the seed in me? Like who watered it? And I think a lot of the time it's like well-meaning, you know, whether it's like parents, teachers, a real life person or not, you know, maybe something right. you heard on the television. I mean, I could list a kajillion systems right. <laughs> that tell us not to be creative. Um, so yeah, I, I, when I think about that, um, I grew up as a pretty creative child. I feel very lucky. Um, uh, both my, my mom and my stepdad are both artists. Um, all of my siblings are artists as well. <laughs> Um, I, my partner is an artist, his family comes from a family of artists. Um, so I feel extremely privileged in that. And I think a lot of, you know, how I, my personality and the way I like to work is really fostered because of the amount of space that the, the close people in my life have given me and allow me to feel, be strange and like, right. I don't know, paint blobs on the wall behind me if I feel <laughs> like it one day. Um, so yeah, I, I like, it sounds very basic and boring. Um, but I, when I was a kid, like I just always knew I wanted to be an artist and I for sure had people in my life telling me not to, um, in school, I, I was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyscalculia. Um, very, very kind of late. Like I was in the fifth grade by the time I actually got a real diagnosis. And like, you know, for a little girl growing up in like the late nineties, early two thousands, I, I don't really know what elementary education is like right now. Um, but it's not great. Like there's not a lot of resources for, for kids that can't read. Um, I was given extra time on tests, which is like, when you, when you don't know what the words on the page are, like extra time, isn't really going to be the thing that helps you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I really disliked, um, I really disliked that part of school, but I was good at it. Like I really did love school. Um, and so I, yeah, with that, with that in mind, I was like, well, I know, I know I like the visual aspects of learning. I really know. I like, I love storytelling. Like I, I couldn't read. I loved English class. Like, right. <laughs> tell me how that works kind of thing. Um, so when it came down to school, I, I was like, well, I kind of think if there's only really one place that would be good for me. And that was art school. I went to OCAD. Um, and I feel again, like very, very lucky, very privileged to have that education. I think art school, um, is a really interesting concept, (laughs) um, applying academics to something that is so creative. You know, a lot of the times, I think some art schools still actually don't have a grading system. Um, OCAD does, um, like a lot of them work on like a pass or fail. Um, but yeah, I think like, as far as, you know, how I integrate creativity and how I think that applies to academics is just like giving myself, a, giving myself and, and, and if I don't have that, like creating space for um, me to feel, think, like express. Yeah maybe be a bit like loud. <laughs> That's usually how that translates is to loudness. Interesting. Yeah. When you were talking, I was thinking, and you were talking about who told you not to be creative. 
I think what you're talking about is people just kind of like shut off their inner child. And you were very lucky to, and I'm saying like, my parents are more academic, but they were also silly. So I don't feel like the other day I went to visit a student, she has about a, you know, like an eight-year-old daughter. And um, we were just being goofy on the street, like doing some can-can or whatever. And the other... <laughs> Her mom and my other student who's of 25 is looking at me like, no, what are you doing? Like, this is so uncool. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's just that, you know, you're not supposed to do that as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, oh man, like what, what we think is creative so often is attributed to children. And like, Man, if we had a like first grade teacher following us around every day, reminding us of all of the lessons that we were told in the first grade, like share, <laughs> take a break if you need to, maybe have a nap. <laughs> hey, are you hungry? <laughs> have a snack. Just like very basic, basic things that yes, we attribute to like, oh, I'm an adult now. So I know those things. Um, I don't well, know. Do like, you? I don't need to do those things. Yeah. I don't know what happens with, I don't need a nap. I'm an adult. Like nap time mm -hmm. is for kids snacks mm -hmm. no 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 I have a very restricted diet because I have to keep my body a certain way because of social norms yeah about, like, beauty yeah oh totally <laughs> like and I think when we get down to the same thing it's like who put those beliefs there and like do you actually want them there like <laughs> if that's a seed that somebody came into your garden and planted like you can weed that like you can dig that thing up by the roots I mean it's not easy it takes a lot of work I'm not really like I say all these things, I'm not an expert at them in any kind of capacity. And I think a lot of my work as an artist, or it is but a lot of my work as an artist and what I'm trying to do in the world is like, I, I, I like, I, I don't, I don't have this like stuff figured out. Um, but I am making an effort and like, I'm, I'm happy to like bring you along for the ride and show you my process. Right. Um, That's so yeah. interesting. You know what? Because, okay. So I was just, I have a big day of podcast today and I was talking to an old classmate of mine from my graduate school degree. He's actually a lawyer and he works in communications. But interestingly, when I asked him, what advice would you have for students? He said a very similar thing to you, which was, there's no plan. Just go out and try stuff. You know, so my point is this, someone who's in an industry that's seen as more like serious, you know, and he's dealing with world crises, like an airplane crashes. What, what should we tell the public um, for Boeing or whatever, you know, creativity is still a huge part of how he got to where he is and how he continues to do his job. And interestingly, same thing, I interviewed a really prominent professor at the University of Toronto uh, over the summer, same advice, go out, make mistakes, try stuff, be creative, be a whole person. Don't just focus on getting an A or, you know, meeting these expectations put on you by either a teacher or your boss or whoever, but the people who are very successful and happy and, and whatever, I, I just said there's no formula, but there seems <laughs> to be 
something about this like fluidity this hanging on to that inner child fun being creative that you'll see they'll just they're the kind of people they're just kind of like okay they're kind of like okay with themselves and in a way success looks easy from, from oh. the outside yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, like what I was saying, this narrow idea of what like art and creativity looks like and that it's for some and not for others um, or or you're creative or you're not. I hate that one <laughs> like that. Everybody is, even in any like, way. In any way. And like, exactly like you're saying, like a lawyer, like professors, people use create plumbers. <laughs> like right. you're going to use creativity. You're going to use like critical thinking, problem solving ideas. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a neuroscientist at all, but like there is like that we do carve these neural pathways to, to problem solve. And like you become like when, when you're faced with an issue, like of any kind, whether it's like, I don't know which way to go in traffic or like, I'm struggling with this essay. Um, I need to like maybe take a break and go out and find some inspiration. Right. Um, we like, the more we practice this thing, this like, like, you know, space for our brains to explore um, or whatever that practice is or like in, in a non-judgmental space, um, right. like the better our brains can get to be like, oh, I need to go out and like find some inspiration. I know where I can find that. Like maybe that's picking up my journal. Maybe that's going for a walk. Maybe that means like, like I don't, I say often, like I don't know your life, but like figuring and finding out what those things for you are, it, it, it's it's like so invaluable. And I, and no matter what you're doing in life, like you're, you're just going to use your big, beautiful creative mind to figure those things out. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, I get so. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think that comes down to like I was talking to the previous speaker about the value of a liberal arts degree, and what we came down with was like, well, it's a degree where not knowing the answer is not only okay, but but part of the process. Like it's just a thing you accept the uncertainty. You can study something forever, and you still someone else can come along and say, you know what? Did you think about this? And then your theory is just, but, but that's okay. That's part of getting better at what you do. And, and I think that also seems to be connected to create, like the, you were saying there's, there's the paintings in the museum where we seem to put some sort of standard on them, but really creativity is like, there's no answer. As you're saying, it's about what you yourself find or decide or how you express yourself it's very kind of personal individual mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I, I a mantra I have to myself it's like I say often um is everything is an experiment and I think if you put that if like that's your lens going into something you're like oh I can't fail because I'm going to collect some sort of information or I like to think of myself as like a little scientist sometimes out in the world. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like a little field scientist. Like I can't fail because I'll collect that data about myself in some way. And I think, I mean, especially I think when we're young, where our students are told in like an academic setting, like you're put a lot of pressure to like figure it out at an extremely right. young age. Um, I right. took a couple of years off before I went and did my undergrad. Um, 
and I like that was not cool with anybody in my life. Um, <laughs> when your parents who were artists, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. And 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 I mean, like, I I have I, my parents are separated. I have I, I lovingly say I have four parents. Um, only one of them has a a degree. <laughs> No, I was the first in my family to go and like finish a university degree. Um, but yeah, it was not, it was not an okay thing. And I was just like, I don't, I don't actually, I mean, I know I want something creative, but I don't, I don't know. Like that sounds like a very intense thing to be very sure about. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's scary and weird. So I think not knowing what we like in the world can just be, can be just as valuable as knowing what we do. Like, Oh, I hate, oh my gosh. Like I, I hated waiting tables. I just hated it. I know there's some people in the world that like, that's their passion. I hated, I hated waitressing (laughs) and every day I went to work, I I felt deep, dark dread. Um, and I think that's just, just as valuable as knowing like, oh, I, I like, you know, being a freak clown in my house and like lying on the floor and yelling. You know, that's interesting. I went through a similar experience. Like, I think there's, as you said, a lot of pressure. You're supposed to, you know, even when you're like in grade, I don't know if this happened, but like in grade two or something, they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like every single year, right? And you're supposed to somehow know this. So by the time you get into your mid twenties, you're like, I I haven't figured it out or I'm not doing this thing I drew in my grade two picture. Yeah. And, And I remember being frustrated because I figure, oh, I don't like this. So oh, I don't like this. When am I going to find the thing that I do like? But actually that process of figuring out, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this actually kind of narrowed it down to what I do like. So I didn't like being in the government as a bureaucrat. I didn't want to be a professor studying the same thing forever. You know, I didn't want to be in the corporate sector. It seemed too like dark to me. And so but I was a practical person. I, I understood business and I also didn't feel like, well, I'm not really an artist, but I'm creative. So somehow all these things came together and I don't want to be a teacher in high school to, to Mm -hmm. kind of like do my own thing that I wake up every day, happy and excited to do. And even though it doesn't always work out and sometimes there's a lot of pressure, (laughs) I rather feel that about my own thing than, you know, doing something for someone else that I don't really love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that's really something funny of people with like, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit kind of thing um, is, is it does feel like kind of, you're like, I just feel really something really deeply. Like, I just feel like I can actually do this differently and then like my own way. Um but again, like you're just told, you're just told in every way that that's not what to do. Oh, and I think so, yeah. you're like against the grain from the start. Um, yeah. Especially if you want to start at, like doing stuff your own way. Um, yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know if this happened to you, but so many, um, so many times still to this day, I mean, I just turned 40. I said to my mom, you know, I, wow, it's kind of a bit of a, I noticed, for example, from COVID is affecting people and then it's affecting small businesses, right? And it's mm-hmm. kind of scary. And so my mom says, well, maybe you should get a, re- get a regular, get a job. And I'm like, 
I have a job. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I like to, I, I, I reference. I was like, I feel like I have three jobs plus all of the management yeah. that happens behind those things. Um, which is, which is bonkers. And yeah, no, I, I still get, um, my, my dad still wants me to be a lawyer. He thinks I'd be a great lawyer. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I bet I would be a great lawyer. I have no interest in it, <laughs> you know? And I think it's like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna place, you know, love my dad, he means well when he says those things. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time when, when you're getting parents making those comments about, you know, career decisions, et cetera, I think it really comes from a, a loving place. And maybe even like, you know, I don't have children. However, I can assume that y- you, you want, you're saying things to protect them. You know, you want them to be right. safe. You want them to be well, happy. You want them to be well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think if you're going to place a lot of value on those things, like, man, you're just never, you're never going to, it's never going to be the thing. And you're never like it, it you're never, they're never going to be happy and you're never going to be happy. You know, like they, it's just this tension that's here. So, um, I just think, like I said, again, it's not easy. These things aren't easy, but it's like, I think the sooner we start like attacking that weed, like that root system, like, man, that's just going to bring you more peace further down the line um, yeah. than like, so, so I don't know, trapping yourself somewhere. It sounds like you're talking about mental, in a way, this is a good segue to mental wellness. And, you know, what's the connection between self-care, mental wellness and creativity? I know this is a lot of kind of like what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I, I grew up, I think always just a very anxious, de- depressed child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things looking back now, you're like, oh, you're not supposed to be in the fifth grade um, crying, like just all day, just all day, or like feeling deep dread. And again, going back to um, getting a, uh, a, dyslexia diagnosis. I just found out like a couple of weeks ago that dyslexia also is a neurodiversity, like obviously, Mm -hmm. like, so the, the treatment is typically similar to people with like ADHD or autism. Um, and that it's like, okay, your brain just literally needs something different. So, um, yeah, like I, it's something I've always struggled with in my life. Um, I finished my undergrad and I, was that like, so on art school undergrads, you do a thesis and I fully burnt myself out doing my thesis in my last year. I, and I think this is pretty common for a lot of students doing any kind of thesis or any kind of final work. Um, I was not well, I finished school. I was happy to finish, you know, loved, loved it. Um, was just working way too hard finish school. And I don't think I made anything for like a couple of years to be super honest. Um, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I think a year had gone by and, uh, both my grandparents had passed away in a very small amount of time. And I was extremely close with my grandparents. Um, I had moved back home to be closer to them as well while I was finishing my undergrad. And I just had, I had like a lot of life stuff stuff come up. Right. And not doing well. I just was not doing well. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I, my lovely, sweet partner, <laughs> thank, thank you to them 
uh, like, you know, was bringing me food every day just to make sure I like stayed eating. Um, and I was on my way to work one day and I was like, you know, I was getting my coffee before I got on the bus, like I did every morning. And I looked up and I saw like, I think it was disco, it was disco Pilates poster. And I was like, (laughs) I'm going to go to that. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I I'd never been to a Pilates class before the word disco 100% got me like, that's very much my jam. Um, and I, I just fell in love within a couple of months of taking my first Pilates class. I started a teacher training. And I think for me, even, even, you know, seeing therapists for most of my life, um, it's really starting to like bolster my toolkit of like other things that help me feel good in the world, um, allowed me to like come back and actually make some artwork and like feel and express things and just like get out of bed on days that like I didn't have to be at work um, right. and like go outside. Right. <laughs> Free. Um, and so for me, it was, it, it, it was a let, I, you know, I think this is common for like a lot of movement instructors, a similar, you know, what's the word, like origin story kind of thing. Okay. Um, or for a lot of people knowing that movement just is something that feels good inside of them. Right. But again, like, you know, we're not told, we're told that like, you know, running's good for you or whatever, but if you don't like running or you're, I I've never run a day in my life. I have no interest in these things. Um, but like, you know, science tells us over and over again, moving your body is good for your mental health, like release endorphins, like great. Okay. Intelligently. I understand these things, but like integrating them into my bones and like understanding them emotionally is a completely different thing. Um, So yeah, it was like, for me, that was the first moment of like really understanding like, oh, there's therapy's great. Still see my therapist every other week. Much love to you, Carly. Um, (laughs) But uh, like adding, uh, adding these other things in my toolkit. So um, some of the other things that I do is like, I'm a big morning pages person. I don't know if you've ever read Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. I recommend it to everybody. Everybody. Like go read the artist's way. Okay. <laughs> um, Julia Cameron's also a big believer, and everyone's an artist. Um, so yeah, I would say like journaling, mm. moving my body, and like throughout the pandemic, I'm a Pilates instructor. I would say my number one like movement practice is dancing in my kitchen every day. <laughs> so I don't care. I don't care. Oh, I do what that too. Yeah, great. We have movement practices, you know, and like. <laughs> redefining what these things are for ourselves. You're like, oh, this actually like makes me feel really good. Um, It helps my brain. Makes me look forward to doing the dishes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe makes it a little bit less painful too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so it's just like bolstering, bolstering like the resources and the tools that we have to, um, I I use the word trick my brain, um, but Mm. also, you know, like, like feed my brain, feed my brain, good stuff. Cause sometimes it's just bad chemicals up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is kind of related to the intro about how people sometimes get focused so much on like meeting milestones. They forget to like, just do fun little things like. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, another, another, I have sticky notes all over my office um, that I'm like, they're like, it's kind of goofy. Um, I forgot because I hadn't had people in my house for like a year and a half. I like leave sticky notes everywhere. And I had my friends over for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh, I look like I look like 
a serial killer or something like that with just little notes <laughs> my house. Um, but another note I have is everything is awful. Everything is a miracle. And I think, you know, being alive is really hard. Um, there's everything in the world just to tell, like to tell you to not succeed or achieve or feel good or stop. Um, but like the leaves are changing outside right, right. now. And like, I love uh, uh, trees are always like my go-to. They make me feel like a person. Um, like the weather's gloomy, like uh, moss exists moss is such a cool thing. Like I, best friends are a thing in the world, you know, like there are these moments that feel good. And I think just taking a moment in, of mindfulness and like really enjoying those things is like, so when you get the next milestone, like when you get to the thing, yeah. you're like well-equipped to actually enjoy it. And like, Oh, right. look at me. I did it. <laughs> Instead of just like, okay. Yeah. On to the next thing. And then go on to the next one. Yeah. Cause the high doesn't last very long. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so what? So, okay. So, this maybe explains a little bit, but you could delve into a little more. Like, where does this name "Okay Shoe" come from? Yes, I love this question. Yes, great segue. I had the word "shoe." I always knew. I always knew when I was in school, I wanted to do something. Like, I. I right. My first idea was like, I think I want to have a gallery, a shop of some sort. Um, I always knew I, I really like working collaboratively with other artists. Um, my background specifically is in printmaking, which is a um, traditional, like I would have been a tradesperson even like 30, 40 years ago. Um, right. That's how newspapers are printed. Like as some oh, of the, okay. okay, shoot, that's what I was telling you. <laughs> Um, and so it's, it's a very collaborative kind of art form. Like you're in a studio with a lot of other people, um, a lot of the time, um, it's, it's not something like um, a lot of printmakers don't have their own spaces that you work in, you know, you typically go to another space to work with people. Um, and so that's something I knew I always wanted. Cause it was what I loved the most about being in school. Um, and I had grown up where I I'm from Hamilton. I grew up downtown Hamilton and there is this old, um, it's not actually abandoned. It just kind of looks like it <laughs> building that just says shoe on the front of it. It's an old shoe store. Um, it's, I think essentially operates as a warehouse right now. Um, and in like bright, bold red letters, it says shoe. If you go back to like, okay, shoes first Instagram, I post it every once in a while. Cause I love it so much. I still walk by it still there still works still in operation. Um, and I just, I loved it. I thought it was the funniest thing on planet earth. Just like big building with the word shoe on it. And cause I'm a heady, weird, conceptual artist thinker. Um, I was like, wow, shoes are so what, what an interesting concept shoes are. They can cost $3. They can cost $3,000. Everybody wears them in some sort of fashion. Um, you know, they can be a form of self-expression. Um, they can be nothing, you know, sometimes they're uniform. Uh, I just thought shoes were like a really, like they represent to me like a, a great unifier of some sorts. Like, wow, we all wear shoes. What a funny idea. Um, and unfortunately shoe.com was a, not an available URL <laughs> when I was uh, like looking, looking to start yeah. my business. Um, and, and like, it also didn't really make sense. I was like, I knew what needed something else. Um, I, we don't sell shoes. We don't make <laughs> shoes at all. 
So I was like, I can't just call my business shoe. Um, and then I had watched, I had done some reading again, cause I'm a weird, weird nerd. Um, I done some reading about the word. Okay. The history of the word. Okay. And specifically like the symbol. Um, oh. and, and how I like all of these things have 100% fallen out of my brain, but I think it's a very interesting word. I think it like represents neutrality in a really interesting way. Um, it can be positive. It can be, it can also be a negative. No, um, you can okay. yeah, exactly. Like fine. Okay. Or like, oh yeah, I'm great. Okay. Um, you can spell it multiple ways, you know, it can spell, be spelled with four letters. It can be spelled with one. Um, and so same thing. I just, I really liked the, the like multiple definitions that the word, okay, could mean. And I plopped okay. And shoe next to each other on like my brainstorming page. And I was like, they're four letters. They look interesting together. I think it sounds weird. Um, when I was first starting, okay, shoe, I was in a grant, um, like grant, like small business accelerator and the marketing dude that I was working with told me it was a bad idea. He said, this is not a good name. And I went, well, I think that probably means I love that name now (laughs) because you're not my target demographic. (laughs) Um, So that's where the name, that's where the name comes from. And for me, I, I really wanted um, an umbrella um, to be able to work with all of the different artists that we work with um, and for it to kind of take on a different name or a different form, different shape, you know, um, physically or, or I don't know, loftily. Yeah. Meta- yeah. Metaphysically. <laughs> um, in, in the way that our, our artists that we work with use it. So yeah, that's, that's okay. Shoe. Origin story. Thanks. <laughs> You talked kind of more broadly about yourself and not and being kind of an anxious child and self-care, but how does the creativity piece fit in there? You talked about oh. some of the things you did, like, you know, movements and journaling. How, how do you think creativity is really important to the self-care piece. Mm, Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I think, I mean, like I was saying earlier, like using our brains in new different ways, um, is, is how we can be okay. And I think a lot of uh, the same thing with like the naming of okay shoe, I being positive is a very hard thing for me a lot of the time. Um, I think which is weird because you seem very positive. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of the time people think um, think the opposite because, you know, you, I dress in bright colors and smile a lot. Um, but I find, I find being positive, like, you know, signs up in, there's like signs up on my street right now that are like, love yourself. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> how, you know? I just, I think a lot of, you know, the cursive pink, like feel good, (laughs) like Instagram posts are missing the like systemic ways in which we don't feel good. Or like, you know, like I said, like everything's awful. Like the being alive is hard. Like washing your face is a hard, like it's just difficult. Um, every night of my life, I lie down in bed. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't wash my face. I have to get up again. Um, taking care of yourself is, is hard. It's hard. Um, so 
I think like create, create, I mean, creativity saves my life every day because I have to remind myself like, okay, I don't feel good. Maybe all of the things that I don't, that I do, that I know are going to like probably, you know, I'm know I'm probably going to feel good if I like go move my body for a little bit. I know I'm probably going to feel good if I, I don't know, don't eat an entire bag of chips or actually, no, I usually feel good when I eat an entire bag of chips too. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just like the, the balancing of all of these things, but, um, I have to use creativity to get myself off of the couch. You know, I have to, and certainly, you know, my art practice is definitely an expression of those things, but I think, I think creativity is a lot smaller than just the creation of something a lot of the time. Um, I work with a lot of, I work one-on-one with a lot of businesses and somebody had said to me the other day, they're like, I just want to live a more creative life. And I was like, you know, we went through and we listed like all of the writing that they could do for their business and that kind of stuff. And then at the end, I was just like, or you could just like light a candle and like (laughs) open a window and create an inspiring environment for yourself to do your bookkeeping in or like whatever, maybe not great tasks that you need to do. And so I think creativity is just like this, this way in which I can sustain myself um, and not always be like this big, it certainly is a big thing, you know, like I, I need to create, <laughs> um, sitting next to me on my desk right now is a big mess of sewing, like a big sewing pile mess. Um, and that's something that I do just for myself. Um, that feels really nice, but I, I think I could not sew and still feel, you know, I could like not make something and still feel like creativity was really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what, tell us about this, this workshop you have, Finding Play and Creativity. Yeah. Um, so we, Finding Play and Creativity, it's, it's more of an approach that I use in the individual workshops that we host through OKSHU. Okay. Um, uh, specifically, we just, every month we host something called OK Hang. Um, mm-hmm. And finding, to me, finding OK Hang is we meet online. I you know, I usually start with an opening questions instead of, I really love when, um, you know, people are logging on into the zoom room and instead of asking people, you know, hi, how are you? Which, you know, in our, the world that we live in, the answer is good or okay. I don't, Um, I actually just answer whatever and people go, yeah, I love that. I love that. (laughs) Um, but instead a lot of the time I'll ask questions, you know, something like, what is your relationship to creativity or like, um, you know, in what ways are you tending to yourself right now? And I really love starting those circles with, um, a question that can kind of just bring us like, Oh, let's like bring, let's get in the muck together. Um, and I think, you know, I always offer, you know, people can share as much as they want or not at all. You know, you're, I think the funny thing, it's like as much, you're an adult in your house. Like you can turn your computer off if you don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> um, but, um, so when I say, so well, I get so lost in the weeds, I get too excited when I start talking. <laughs> so what, so how is, so is that okay hang part of the finding play and creativity or? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think finding play in creativity is the, is, or it is the method. It is the approach in which we, um, in which like I try and make that creativity an easier thing for people to digest. So okay hang specifically is um 
you know, I'll, I'll ask questions and then I pull prompts from our okay Oracle mm-hmm. and people are, um, like, you know, I give the space to create whatever, you know, non-urgent space for creation. Sometimes that's people working on longer term projects. Sometimes it's people like actually drawing to a prompt or something. Um, so yeah, find like finding the playfulness that can exist in these spaces of creativity that we don't, that we say that we don't have, or you can't do, or it's weird or it's silly or it's goofy or like, I don't know, you're too old or whatever. (laughs) draw to be in this okay shoe pain or oh my god no like whatever it's whatever um we have people that show up some people come and knit some people come and um I think right now I may be the only person drawing um we have some people that come in collage oh that's not true we have a painter literally have a shoemaker that comes (laughs) sometimes which I'm like I love that that's perfect um yeah, I would say the majority of the people that I work with are not art, you know, not professional artists or paid artists in any kind of aspect. They're people that um, know, know that they're, they're they're like, oh, I I know I like to make something, or I've got a little bit of creativity in my life, and that's there's no rules and okay hang. Aside from what the first one is like, don't be an asshole, and the second is everyone's an artist and. If you say, if you come to OK Hang and you say you're not an artist, like I'm going to gently bully you and just telling you you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So if I was like a student really stressed out about assignments and stuff and I'm like, how could joining this workshop or, or any of the other workshops help me? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely have some, I think we definitely have some like students or, um, you know, mid university, um, people coming in being like, I am feeling burnt out. And I think that's what I was saying. You know, sometimes I have people actually had, uh, somebody, I think it would have been like the springtime that they were sending their master schools applications. They were coming to okay hang to like work on their master's applications. Like, and that was the kind of point they were just like, I'm just like, I don't really know what I'm doing right now with this. I don't really know what I'm writing. I like, I just kind of need an external infusion of inspiration of some kind. Um, And so sometimes for that person, like that individual, they were writing and other times they're like, oh, I was planning on writing, but I think I'm actually just going to like, like doodle on the back of this card for half an hour. Doodling is so amazing for our brains. (laughs) Again, I'm not a scientist. There's a lot of interesting science around it and that like giving our brain space to just kind of wander around um, is is like, it's where, it's where ideas come from. And I think when I'm, you know, uh, one of my favorite directors, David Lynch calls, um, yeah, yeah, shocking. Um, he calls ideas, uh, he calls like sitting or like thinking, uh, going fishing, he calls ideas okay. fish. And he's like, you have to go and sit on the dock really quietly and like go fishing. And I think that's like what doodling or okay, hang. Um, or, you know, for me, it's my morning pages. Like that's what, that's what my fishing is. Um, mm-hmm. that's where like my inspiration comes from. And like, you know, then you can evaluate and be like, oh, what keeps coming up? Like, what's the idea here? What's like the actual thing I'm thinking about? You know, I might be drawing a shark every day, but like what I'm actually (laughs) really interested in is like, you know, what's the thread here? I don't know, like biodiversity in in (laughs) oceans. 
like Maybe. I don't know um or yeah like there's something there's some, oh I keep drawing a shark oh am I actually really interested in like oceanic life maybe I need to go write a dissertation on this or, you know I like know. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you know Sharp like what's the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote um eat pray love yeah 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 talks about her morning pages a lot and she was like I, you know, it took me a year and I, I went, I went back through my like journal over the year and like, I kept coming up that I wanted to learn Italian. Like I didn't know that about myself. And so she was like, well, I guess I better go to Italy. Oh, and that's part of the reason she goes, I guess. Yeah. 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 And that was for the book. Yeah. A hundred percent. So it's just like, you never know where these seeds are going to come from. And I think when, if you give your space, you give your brain space, um, to like wander around like you're gonna find something our brains are like so amazing yeah (laughs) um they make our lives really difficult some days so like obviously they're gonna make your life really great to others you know yeah that's true Mm -hmm. oh cool so it's i mean to me this is sounding like something you could use if you're experiencing writer's block Mm -hmm. which i think is really common for students and especially graduate students if they're having to work, like you mentioned, that graduate student, if they're having to work on like a major, major hundred, several hundred page thing that's overwhelming and daunting and just being able to go into space and have some fun and, and, totally. and practice that just generating ideas, thoughts, doodles, poems, whatever, spontaneously. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the times, um, you know, from my experience with like, you know, writing business plans, writing grant applications, being in academic settings, when you're like, you know, page 40 of like 140, you're just so deep in the weeds of, of what's going on. I think it's hard to kind of get, you're like, what, what am I actually trying to do here? (laughs) Um, And kind of walking away and coming back with, with like, you know, like I said, like this person was just like, what, what am I actually trying to write about? Or like reminding yourself what, what the like nugget of the thing is like, okay, right now I can write towards this thing. Now I can move towards this, um, in some sort of capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Having that mental break using the other side of your brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We had, um, another kind of recent graduate come on and he had started a business, uh, for reducing food waste. And so one, one thing I really care about myself is as a business owner is doing business a different way, doing it in a way that's socially conscious, having integrity, um, obviously making money is an important part of business, but that not being like the whole focus of having a business, which is kind of what they teach you in business school. Um, but I noticed like, you know, being socially conscious or socially responsible, is really important to you in particular, like I saw that post about made in China and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, like how, yeah. how, do, you, how do you maintain that social responsibility? And yeah. Learn? Yeah. For me, it comes down to like you know, and when I'm making a decision about something, it it comes down to like a gut feeling like, you know, can, can I sleep at night knowing 
I don't know, I screwed over like the artists that I'm working with in whatever, you know, financially, am I ripping them off? I, that's, I, you know, I just in okay shoes practices, um, we're really transparent about the way we work with artists, like on our about page, it tells you how much we, um, like how much we pay our artists at the end of every year, I do a roundup of like how much we paid artists total and how much we redistributed to other funds. Um, and like living in a, you know, when I say creativity is for all people, I really absolutely understand this like systemic, the deep, you know, oppressive systems that are in place to tell people that creativity is not for all. So how could I possibly say creativity is for all and run this business when I'm not contributing to the other ways in which that's just not a choice? You know, when you're, when you're like, you know, stuff in your life's really hard and, you know, whether you're a houseless person or you're just in a, unable to access studio time, like it doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in. Um, you're not going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, you're not going to feel like creativity is something that could right. be a part of your life, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Going toward finding solutions to eat, ways to eat. Or, yeah, absolutely. You know, warm. Absolutely. Or, you know, when I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm looking at the artists that are in the room that I'm working with, I'm like, okay, me, I'm a white woman. Um, like who, who else needs to be at this table here and who who's missing from the room and who do I need to pass this mic to? Um, and you know, who do I need to be listening to? And, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's part of my decision-making in, um, in business. And it's just something that's like, it just is important to me. You know, as a kid, I started, my mom has worked for not-for-profits most of her life. Um, uh, do, do, do. I started my high school's social justice <laughs> club. Um, it's who I am. And I think art and movement and, and my mission on earth, that's what I like to call it, um, really is that. And I use, I use art, creativity, movement as vehicles for those, for the change that I want to see in the world. Um, made in China is something that's really important, uh, to me. You can go and check it out on our, I won't right. <laughs> totally, <laughs> I won't go off on a total tangent right now. Tell us a little bit the idea because made in China is usually like, oh, made in China. Like this is crap. Yeah, absolutely. Poor made in quality. China has been synonymous yeah. with, um, with poor quality. Um, uh, especially I think in the, like the last 20 years, um, yeah. of poor labor practices as well. And um, so there's something when there's there, there's a law and in any manufacturing in any North America, I think it's, I, I'll speak to North America specifically because that's what I know. Um, but I do believe it's anything that's manufactured in China needs to say where where things are manufactured from. So whether or not you're being, you your manufacturers in Sweden, uh, like India, wherever, it doesn't matter right. in North America, you need to stay where, where that thing is being manufactured from. Um, so I, in, in, when I was looking for a printer for the okay Oracle, I found a lovely printer that was based in China. Um, I was really excited about their work. I had another friend who had created, um, a deck through them. I loved like I'll shout out to Jess. She wrote the Birds Oracle. Highly recommend it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I just thought they did a really great job. 
they did a really great job. The price was right. I got in touch. Um, I, you know, I, I researched the manufacturer as well. Lovely, lovely people. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 experience. And they've been very supportive of the um, work that we've been doing with proudly printed in China as well. Um, And so when it came down to like writing, like, you know, you have to disclose this information on your packaging. I wrote proudly printed in China. um, That was inspired by another um, uh, creator um, uh, called, oh, I can't remember her name, but she runs Chunks. They're like a hair accessories company. And similar, they write proudly, proudly manufactured in China. Uh, And I think, I think you have the link on your, yes, 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 absolutely. Um, And so it's just been this history of, I mean, like I could go into it. There's, there's sweatshops in North America, Um, Toronto, Montreal specifically, really, really awful for poor labor practices. Um, And so I think we put LA, same thing. I think we put like, you know, I see this time of year made in Canada gift guides and stuff like that. That's coming out, which is lovely. Um, If it's actually made in Canada, you know, a lot of the times we're getting these pieces, you know, if you're a jeweler, um, your, the, your pieces that you're assembling, yeah, it's assembled in Canada, but like the pieces are made in China as well. So yeah. it's just like this, like bizarre gray area that we deem as moral as amoral or right. not. Um, right. and, and it's important to me, you know, if I'm going to say, you know, like I said, like creativity right on our packaging, it says like, you know, this is a tool for everybody. Um, I need to be like really discerning about who everybody is and I need to actively call those people into the room. And, and if I'm writing made in China, like I am, I am absolutely so proud to have my work manufactured in China. Um, I absolutely trust our manufacturers and the like, you know, working livable conditions that they provide for their employees. Um, and who's to say that like, What's the quality control on, you know, anybody else at the one of a kind show in Toronto or these made in Canada gift guides? Cause like, like you can't, you can't like made in North America isn't better. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think that's a really important point. And I think in the post you, you bring up the idea of racism. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a racist assumption. A hundred percent. Yeah, because before it was made in Taiwan, it was made in Thailand, it was, it was whatever developing country is currently the, the manufacturer of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the assumption is that it's crap. Yeah, or and it's like... Not, it's not, you know, people are being taken... And there is a lot, of, I mean, that's not coming from nowhere. No, it's, but I, yeah, it's not coming from nowhere, but... I just think it's bizarre that we have this standard for overseas and not for, for countries outside of um, North America, but like, we don't hold those same, yeah. you know, yeah. things up That's against ourselves. Point. And, and yeah. that it's important to actually research the specific manufacturer and not make assumptions that all yeah. manufacturers from wherever are the same. And good point yeah. about the jewelry. I mean, same thing about cars. People oh yeah, buy a GM or a Ford or something, but it's actually made all over the world, and they just yeah. take all the pieces and maybe they put it together in Oakville. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and complex supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. And I won't, you know, I won't pretend. I won't say like proudly printed in China is 
it's one it's it's like a piece of an extremely large puzzle that you know i i'm i'm a tiny tiny little part of um but like i said it's really important to me to operate my business as like you know our businesses or any any dreams we have <laughs> It can be a new way of working in the world, you know, and the way in which we can contribute. Sure, it might not be status quo, but like, do you want status quo for your life? Like, how are you doing? Is any of this working for you? Like, I don't want, I don't want like today to be tomorrow. Um, I want to do better again tomorrow. Um, so like, why, why not create and dream? And like, that's what our, like I said, our big, beautiful brains are like, are capable of these dreaming better futures. So like, why not actually do it <laughs> in small ways, in small ways, you know, our, one of our contributions yeah. is like a, a very small little detail on a box. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had kind of like one tip, one thing you wanted a young adult, like a high school student, a 20, just starting universe, 20 year old to take away about how they can sustain creativity throughout their life, despite all the pressures to fit in a box, to do something a certain way, to meet a certain set of social expectations. What, what would you tell them? How can they kind of hang on to that inner child? Mm, I love that. Um, I would say, take a breath. <laughs> I would say pause. And I know it's hard. Like I have, I'm a meditation teacher as well. I don't take a breath. Like it's, I know it's hard to stop. Um, but I think our effort is in trying and paying attention, pay attention to what you pay attention to and, um, pause and like check in with your feeling. You're like, does, you know, do I, do I need a glass of water? Do I need to have a nap? Do I need to go and doodle? Um, we stay connected to our creativity by staying connected to ourselves. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's maybe that maybe that's why little kids are so much more creative and tuned with the spontaneity because they're, I mean, on, on the one hand, they're not really aware why they're screaming at two in the afternoon that they need a nap, but on the other, they hand, know something's not right by their emotions yeah absolutely and once they can communicate they know like i need a snack give me a snack i need a snack yeah they're not gonna relent until no. they get a snack no and i don't care if dinner is in an hour like i'm hungry now and i think yeah by like checking in with ourselves it's like and if you pause long enough like you know our bodies are pretty loud and if they if you don't stop now you'll stop later in a way that it screams at you and you'll right you know, that's end up in a hospital true. with exhaustion yeah very true or migraines you know i that's uh that's something i i mentioned it's like oh wow i i have a friend sometimes it's like oh i just had a three-day migraine i'm like when was the last time you took a day off of work <laughs> you know <laughs> oh they correlate like shocking <laughs> yeah 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 advice. yeah and we i mean we can't afford to like not listen to ourselves either. We need everybody in the revolution. We need everybody to contribute to a just better, just world. So yeah, take a day off if you need to, or take yeah. a breath. Yeah, I think you, like we all can spare a second. Yeah. Resting is part of productivity. Yeah. I think we need to reframe this, you know, working 
24-7 hero. Like yeah, hustle. Like CSI or something. How are these people like awake that long? You know, <laughs> somehow they're solving complex crimes. Yeah, 3 a.m. <laughs> and they all look really good. I mean, no yeah. way. If you didn't sleep, you, your skin, you, I mean, so. I mean, but thing, like. The yeah, the, of workaholism. I mean, even in go. those, even in those shows, their personal lives are falling apart. So it's like, well, they to do what get point? That part right, but the rest. I mean, there's a lot of stuff missing about. Yeah. How how much <laughs> they would really be suffering? Um. So I like books, and we can kind of see behind me. Uh, is there? You mentioned a, a few books, a few authors, throughout the interview. Um, is there any any other book you'd want to add or recommend to someone? Yes, I'd okay. love. Um, my favorite book right now is I mean right now it's I've been it's it's one of my favorites, Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Well Kimmerer. Um, absolutely beautiful. She's an indigenous uh, a scientist um, and really sweetly weaves together indigenous knowledge and scientific. Um, or I think she says indigenous teachings and scientific knowledge. Um, okay. Incredible book. It's okay. one of my favorites. I pick it up constantly. Um, I'm trying to think what's on my nightstand right now. <laughs> uh, I just finished reading Sally Rooney's new book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? I think that's what it's called okay. as well. Um, and I'm a big Marley Grace fan. Marley Grace's book. Uh return to center or getting to center I, okay. I really love as well yeah yeah all right awesome thanks for all those suggestions and phoebe is doing a lot of amazing things if you're in hamilton check her out if not she's online if not order her oracle cards check her out on social media um the best way to find her is to go to her website which is just her name phoebetaylor.ca and thanks so much for being on the podcast today phoebe thanks lisa it was great yeah likewise great. thank you so much and everyone else stay tuned for a short meditation and writing exercise during this breathing meditation you will focus on your breath this will calm your mind and relax your body. There is no right or wrong way to meditate. Whatever you experience during the breathing meditation is right for you. Don't try to make anything happen, just observe. Begin by finding a comfortable position, but one in which you will not fall asleep. Sitting on the floor with your legs crossed is a good position to try. Close your eyes or focus on one spot in the room. Roll your shoulders slowly forward and then slowly back. Lean your head from side to side, lowering your left ear towards your left shoulder and then your right ear toward your right shoulder. Relax your muscles. Your body will continue to relax as you meditate. Observe your breathing. Notice how your breath flows in and out. Make no effort to change your breathing in any way. 
Simply notice how your body breathes. Your body knows how much air it needs. Sit quietly, seeing in your mind's eye your breath flowing gently in and out of your body. When your attention wanders, as it will, just focus back again on your breathing. Notice any stray thoughts, but don't dwell on them. Simply let the thoughts pass. See how your breath continues to flow deeply, calmly. Notice the stages of a complete breath. From the in-breath to the pause that follows, the exhale, and the pause before taking another breath. See the slight breaks between each breath. Feel the air entering through your nose. Picture the breath flowing through the cavities in your sinuses and then down to your lungs. As thoughts intrude, allow them to pass and return your attention to your breathing. See the air inside your body after you inhale, filling your body gently. Notice how the space inside your lungs becomes smaller after you exhale and the air leaves your body. Feel your chest and stomach gently rise and fall with each breath. Now as you inhale, count silently. One. As you exhale, count. One. Wait for the next breath and count again. One. Exhale. One, inhale, one, exhale, one. Continue to count each inhalation and exhalation as one. Notice how your body feels. See how calm and gentle your breathing is and how relaxed your body feels. Now it is time to gently reawaken your body and mind. Keeping your eyes closed, Notice the sounds around you. Feel the floor beneath you. Feel the clothes against your body. Wiggle your fingers and toes. Shrug your shoulders. Open your eyes and remain sitting for a few moments longer. Straighten out your legs and stretch your arms and legs gently. Sit for a few moments more, enjoying how relaxed you feel and experiencing your body reawaken and your mind returning to its usual level of alertness. Slowly return to standing position and continue with the rest of your day feeling re-energized. Hi guys, Lisa Fow here at Fow Academic Writing. Um, Maybe you have just finished listening to our podcast interview with Phoebe Taylor. Maybe you're on our YouTube channel right now and you've tuned in for a writing tip. If you haven't listened to the podcast with Phoebe Taylor on the connection between creativity and mental health, I highly recommend going there and checking out. There's a lot. She gives a ton of book recommendations throughout. First of all, she's really funny and engaging and She has a lot to say about the connection between mind, body, and spirit. So 
I recommend checking it out. And she has a wonderful business called OK Shoe. So check all of that out. I wish I had Phoebe's Oracle cards right now. Um, and so that we could do a kind of like journaling exercise around that. Um, because a lot of what Phoebe talks about is the connection again between mental health, self-care and creativity. And that creativity doesn't have to be like a big thing. It could be a small thing like writing in your journal. So I don't have her Oracle cards with me at the moment. You can check them out on her Instagram or her website. They're very cool. They are cards that come in a box like this, <clears throat> pardon me, and they have a few words on them. They have a few shapes. And then the idea is to sort of use that to inspire you. So rather than have, I don't have those cards right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to write down like the three words that come to mind uh, right now. So I have rock, spoon, pigeon. I have no idea. And I'm going to draw a shape. So this is what I got. Okay, so I want you to do the same thing, or you can use these words, rock, spoon, pigeon, a weird swirly, that looks like a sun to me, or whatever you think it looks like. And then I want you to set a timer for two or three minutes and use these words to start a stream of consciousness, and it can be about anything. So I'm going to pause the video or podcast and do it along with you. So again, give yourself two or three minutes. Use these words or the first three words that pop into your mind and the first shape you draw on the page and use that as inspiration for something creative. So here's what I came up with and I would love to hear your stories or poems or streams of consciousness or whatever you came up with in the comments below. Here's what I have. The pigeon sat on the rock, spoon in his mouth. What is this beautiful silver thing, he thought. He clunked along the sidewalk, spoon and beak. As he passed, the people blinked, winked, or smiled at him. Ah, this must be something very special, as everyone seems to like me more now that I have it. The further he walked, the more he puffed up his chest and fluffed his feathers. Finally, he reached the end of the block, where the beautiful patsy pigeon roosted. He was sure that she'd go out with him on the town now that he had found this wonderful treasure. Here she comes, perfect timing, he mused. Suddenly she stopped, blinked, winced, and stumbled. He dropped the spoon and waddled toward her. Oh, my dear! He bent down and put his wing around her. Ugh! Get off of me! Why on earth are you carrying around that stupid spoon? You nearly blinded me. And that's the end of my story. So again, I'd love to hear what you came up with. And you know what? This is a really great technique. If you're experiencing writer's block, if you just need a little break, if you want to do something silly, try it out. Write three random words on a piece of paper. Draw a little squiggle. Use it for inspiration. Or check out Phoebe's website, um, try out her Oracle cards, give it a shot. If you are looking for extra help, 
with your academic writing, creative writing, applications, support, or maybe you're struggling at work with professional communication, you can reach out to us at FAO Academic Writing. Our website is in the comments below, um, but it's www.fao.ca. And we're always happy, we're always happy to help you reach your full potential on the page and in life. Take good care.